0: Some welcome, that never pray. If you think that laughter lies in things, to things you'll be but a slave. Joy will come to end. Any- When the world ends still come to whose soul has learned to fly
1: I'd like to welcome all of you to Sunday service today, especially those who are visiting, and most especially those who are here for the first time. So it's a pleasure for us to share Sunday service with you all. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light, written by Swami Kriyananda and based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. Faith is a call to prayer. Prayer is a call to faith. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapters 7 and 21, we read, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, If ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Paramhansa Yogananda, by his own example, showed by his own example that prayer is a power, provided we believe deeply in that power. When our thoughts and feelings are strongly focused and then united in growing awareness to the divine presence within, they can bring even seemingly unrealistic wishes to fulfillment. When Paramhansa Yogananda was in charge of his school in Ranchi, India, he took the boys on occasional outings to the surrounding countryside. There was a waterfall not far away, he told Swami Kriyananda, where I took them sometimes, It was dangerous to cross there, but I would cry out to the boys, Do you believe in God? Yes, they would shout back enthusiastically, and so we always crossed in safety. Years later, after I'd gone to America, one of the teachers tried to do the same thing, but he lacked spiritual power. One of the boys slipped on a rock and was drowned. Thus the master explained, Belief alone is not enough. It must be united to one-pointed awareness, which leads to self-realization. The Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter underscores the necessity for such one-pointed concentration. Whenever the mind, fickle and restless, wanders off from its concentration, let the meditating yogi withdraw it resolutely spurning every distraction no matter how alluring and bring it back again and again under the control of the self. Thus through Holy Scripture God has spoken to mankind. Oh
2: it's fall back today instead of spring forward Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like to read to you from this book called Whispers from Eternity from Paramahansa Yogananda a book of sacred demands sacred prayer demands O Father I hold my heart in my folded hands teach me to saturate my prayers with thy love give me the simple sincere devotion toward thee of a child Teach me to realize Thee just behind the voice of my prayer. Teach me to feel Thy breath flowing through my breath. Teach me to cognize Thy presence in my emotions. Teach me to perceive Thy wisdom in my understanding. Teach me to sense Thy all-pervading life in all my life. O flood my senses with Thy light. In this book... It actually is wonderful to read and reread the beginning part. And Master Yogananda, in his um, charm like humility, has a section in the beginning called Hint to Readers. <laughs> and it's very, very important. To understand this book, it'd be hard not to um, read this and get much out of it. You'd, it really sets the basis in understanding this whole idea that he called them, not so much poems, there's a section at the end that are poems, but really they're sacred demands, sacred prayer demands. And when you think of that, what would, be, what would make them sacred demands? Well, there's really two ways of understanding that. One is that they're sacred because by the nature of them coming from a great master like Yogananda. And so there is that magnetism, that power, that is imbued in those very words but Yogananda in this section called Hint to Readers says it's not enough just to parrot like the words of even a master it won't do uh, it reminds me of uh, um, uh, a story that uh, uh, these two men that were walking in a pasture and this bull was there they didn't see it first and so Suddenly the bull was charging at them and the two men were running and they weren't sure they were going to make to the other side of the fence to be free from this bull charging. And the one man says to the other, uh, quick, quick, say a prayer. And the other man says, well, the only prayer I remember is what my father used to say as blessing for food. Thank you, Lord, for what we're about to receive. <laughs> so just saying a prayer perhaps isn't the right thing. Although... I remember this other story about this this very simple man but very devotional man uh, that one day he forgot his book of prayers as he went off to work and he felt bad about it as time came for prayer. And so what he did, he simply recited the alphabet, the whole 26 letters five times and then said to God, you know my prayers more than I do. Take from these alphabets what you feel would be the right prayer. And the way the story is told is, is that the prayer was received because of the devotion. But we can't rely on that completely. We need to uh, go further. So the second part of why Yogananda would call them sacred demands is our part. That we really need to be there in the experience. So he says, even if you take these prayers that I offer you, make sure that they're your own. He said, or take from them the sense of what's behind those words, and make your own prayer. So he's not trying to dogmatize and box this in that these are the only prayers. But I know in my own practice, I've taken many of those prayers and deeply become absorbed in those words, just like we do with the affirmations, where we go past that first exchange of ideas, the mind thinking about it, and we go deep into the absorption of that experience. Um, But then he says a very interesting point. He said that the best prayer is uttered when one is uttering their oneness with the divine, with their heavenly father and their divine mother. So that's really what's being asked of us. It isn't that we need to have this way of praying or that way of praying outwardly, but we completely offer ourselves into the experience. Well, that isn't necessarily... What happens, is it? I mean, it isn't happening even in meditation at times. So the real emphasis is, how do we explore every moment of every day moving towards that attunement, to that alignment, to that experience that is no longer us out here praying to some mysterious God out there, but rather we're in the unity of the experience as we utter our words There's another story that's very sweet about a man who was poor in India, very destitute, and so he would pray for the blessings in a very devotional way of the divine to help him to be prosperous. And he prayed to the goddess Saraswati, or Lakshmi, I mean. He prayed to Lakshmi, um, and with deep devotion prayed and prayed. But his devotion overwhelmed his need for prosperity, And he was in that unity of God consciousness. And then Lakshmi appeared to him. And he said, after, you know, he didn't really want it anymore. And he said, well, why didn't you come when I really desired it? And she said sweetly, because of my love for you, I didn't want you to fall into delusion with it. And that's a sweet way of understanding that even when we have those demands, that really aren't necessarily the best thing for us, if we're doing it with devotion and we're doing it with that openness as the affirmation referred to, even the divine will bring us the right result because that devotion overrides that even that trap of delusion, if we can keep that deeper and deeper as our experience. And so the reading uh, from the Bible, this idea that pray-believing ask and it shall be given to you, is very powerful. But we have to, of course, let go of the nagging doubts that the ego and the subconscious tend to draw us into. Swami Karinanda talks about this story about this man who took this biblical scripture saying and he had a a large hill outside of his picture window in the distance. And he thought, well, if this is true, I'm going to do this. And so he... He prayed and prayed that this hill be removed. Um, you know, because it says in the Bible that if you pray deep enough, then that mountain will be removed. And so he goes to bed with this affirmation of the mountain, the hill would be removed. And so he wakes up and he charges to the picture window, opens the the curtains, and he says, "I knew you'd still be there." Well, that's how he went to bed. I mean, he may have had this sliver of this thought that it will be removed, but his whole energy, his whole momentum was still caught in, mm, I don't think that's really going to happen. I think, you know, it's maybe, but not really. And so we're warring against each other just from the tendencies. And, you know, we have to understand, we're talking about, as Parvey said, maybe there's millions of lifetimes She was saying this at the purification ceremony. Maybe there's millions of lifetimes that have had a lot of momentum that if it isn't just lingering, it's prominent, this thought, you know, maybe this isn't really going to work for me. And it won't. I mean, it won't work for you if you really endeavor to pull that resistance to the forefront. So there might be resistance. You might have that momentum of many lifetimes, but what we can do then is simply put ourselves in position where we're offering more completely more energy is being offered than the energy in that resistance. That's literally a simple way of looking at the spiritual path, you know, and it works. Because why it becomes very practical. You and I can then, really, in the heat of the battle, in the passivity of being lazy, we can tell what's going on. We can determine by tuning in, aligning ourselves with what the energy should be expansively. It isn't a mystery anymore. You know, it, it doesn't have this sort of air of being metaphysical so much that we think it's sort of nice, but it's out there. It becomes very real as our own experience. It's not mystical, it's practical. And that's really the science of yoga and meditation. It brings that sense of mystery into a very real experience before us moment to moment. And so the Bhagavad Gita, it's it's just a wonderful uh, bunch of verses there that say, basically, we need to attune ourselves. We need to get past the fickle mind of restlessness. Well, you know, it's interesting in Sanskrit that the word for faith, which is what we're leading towards, because before that, we're just believing things will happen. We'll perhaps believe the mountain may not be, be there in the morning, but we don't have faith. We don't have the real experience of integration of that in our own selves. But the word in Sanskrit for faith is vishvas. And the way it's described by Yogananda is very, very helpful. He said that faith comes when the breath, the life, and the awareness has complete calmness. Interesting way to look at faith. And he said, when that happens, we have that intuitive, direct experience of what is real. And that becomes our faith as we put into motion all the the different aspects of our lives. But that idea of the breath, our life, and our awareness is in deepening calmness will produce for us that faith. And so that when prayer is used, It's less that we're praying again from here to there to God, but we're basically having a unified conversation. You know, they talk about in in quantum physics this unified field of theory. Well, that's really what it is, is that when we come to the experience of our true self, we're in that unified conversation with God. You know, and it becomes personal or impersonal depending on who we are but it's direct it's individual it's real for us as an individual and the power of that experience is not just a good thing it's transformative it's then that we really realize this expression of oneness with God that we understand that unity isn't something we affirm although we still may do that I mean you think of a master, someone like a Yogananda, he still continued to meditate. But in reality, he was beyond the experience of meditation. He was in samadhi all the time, in Nirbhikalpa samadhi, that oneness that never leaves. But he meditated because it allowed that experience to be real for all of us, to see that as we pursue that oneness, as we open up to that experience, endeavor to do the things that moment to moment make a tremendous transformative effect. And so meditation is really there as that experience. So what can help with this is rather than going into meditation thinking, I'm going to get somewhere, don't do that. Be unified already. Have that direct, real intention that in that moment you sit to meditate, that you have that unity with God. Just don't question it, don't doubt it, no matter how miserable or caught by the tendencies of karma you have. Just wash those aside and be there clearly with your heart of hearts and offer all that you are, saying, we are one. Privatey was telling uh, this story last week at the service we gave down in Fresno. It's the one that's in the autobiography of Yogi from Leo Tolstoy, where it talks about the three hermits on this uh, isolated island uh, somewhere up in Russia and the bishop of the church is in the region and um, he, he comes to visit this little island because he's always wanting the, to help people convert to the true form of Christianity and so he sees them and, he's, and they say to him very simply we're Christians we're Christians and he says oh that's wonderful you know it was like centuries ago that the missionaries had visited this island last time and so um, the bishop says, well, l- let us pray together the formal prayers. And they have no idea what these prayers are. And he says, well, how do you pray? And, he, and they simply say, they, we pray to God, we are three, you are three, we are one. That's it. <laughs> you know? No, we are three, you are three, have mercy on us. And it's, that's it. That's the only prayer that they know. And so the bishop feels, oh, well, I've got to correct you. And so he goes through the formalities, all these prayers. And he leaves them feeling very happy that he's helped these souls. Well, as he's going off in his boat, uh, and they're off a distance, he sees this light. And as the light comes closer, he sees these three hermits walking on the water, running on the water towards the boat. And they say, wait, 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 we've already forgotten the prayers. And he says to them, don't worry, just pray we are three, you are three, have mercy on us. <laughs> well, because they had, that, they had the experience. They were transformed. What prayer matters unless it comes from that transformed heart? And if we're not, that, not at that point of being transformed, then offer the heart as it is to say, Lord, accept me as I am. Make me thy instrument. Flow through me and I am thine. Whatever happens after that is up to you. I'm yours. And when we live that life more fully in that experience, then we reach the pinnacle of of who we are in that oneness and consciousness. So let's take a moment to meditate on that.
3: This song, God, 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 words by Paramahansa Yogananda was given to him directly by St. Francis while he was giving a lecture And the melodies by Swami Kriyananda. From the depths of slumber as I ascend, the spiral stairways of wakefulness, I will whisper, whisper,
4: God, God.
3: the food, and when I break my fast of nightly separation from Thee, I will taste Thee and mentally say,
4: God.
3: After where I go, the spotlight of my mind will ever keep turning on thee, and in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be
4: gone. God.
3: Boisterous storms of trial shriek, and when worries howl at me, I will drown their noises loudly chanting.
4: God. 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 God
3: When my mind weaves dreams that magic cloth will I ambass
4: God God God
3: Every night in time of deepest sleep, when my peace dreams and calls joy, joy, and my joy comes singing
4: evermore, God.
3: In waking, eating, working, dreaming, sleeping, serving. Meditating, chanting, divinely loving. My soul will constantly hum. Unheard by
4: hand. oh,